Well, thanks very much, Colin. I'm definitely on. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Colin, and uh, thanks, Dan, earlier on as well for his welcome. And also, great to have the, the worship music. Um, really nice to be with you this morning. I know quite a few of you know me because of, despite my accent, I've been around in air for quite a few years. Um, so, and, and thanks to you guys at Southside for all you're already doing for Christians Against Poverty. So I, I represent the Air Debt Centre, which we set up only two years ago, almost exactly two years ago. And you guys are part of that because it's a three-church partnership. It's Southside, it's Riverside, and it's Seagate and Troon. Those are the three churches that have come together to fund this piece of work over the last couple of years and hopefully going forward as well. So thanks for that. And it's not just funding. Thanks for your prayers and thanks for your resources as well because we've got here, we've got a number of people who help out as befrienders. So when we go to meet people, uh, potential clients, then we always take a befriender with us. So thanks for, for that support as well. So you guys are already a big part of, of what we're doing um, at the Air Debt Centre and with CAP. So thanks for that. So the talk is entitled Lament to Hope. And uh, we don't often talk about lament uh, but maybe we should. So in 1939, now you have to cast your minds back a long way. 1939, I don't think that'll apply to many people here. Uh, 19, 1939, the start of World War II, um, the Ministry of Information designed a poster that's as popular now as it was then. A very basic uh, red and white poster with a picture of a crown at the top and five simple words, keep calm and... Keep calm and carry on, yeah. So the poster and the slogan it carried, they're, they're timeless. Uh, it's possibly more popular now than it was then. Uh, the catchy slogan was, was a national call to, to press on, despite at that time the impending threat of, of war, very real threat of war. But it also epitomizes um, the British approach to maintaining a stiff upper lip. So there, there are many adaptions to that phrase now. Um, keep calm and drink tea. Keep, keep calm and go shopping. Um, for example, I wonder, I wonder how you might finish that phrase off if you were creating a poster. Uh, for anyone who knows me, then it might be uh, keep calm and keep cycling. And there was a few other cyclists here as well. Or keep calm and keep playing squash. I still try and do that. Um, not sure there's any squash players here. So, so anyway, we're encouraged to press on, um, to soldier through adversity and to not let our emotions interfere. Now, don't get me wrong, um, perseverance and resilience are essential qualities, um, but if this feels like the only acceptable way uh, to feel in response to difficulties, then what do we do in times of real anguish? Uh, how do we respond when our hearts are really hurting and broken? Um, how do we act in times of pain and with feelings of injustice? What if there's a different way to respond rather than just maintaining a stiff upper lip? when our hearts are aching. So today we're going to explore God's way, which is lament. And lament is unfamiliar to many today, but it's an important response to the pains and injustices we experience in life. It's, it's a heartfelt and passionate cry of a hurting soul. Lament can even be unfamiliar in the church. So we might encourage others with Bible verses. We might say to each other things like, we might. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But we would rarely exhort words like Micah said to each other, things like we are utterly ruined, which is Micah 2 verse 4. 
And it's not uncommon to see maybe a praise and thanksgiving service on a church bulletin, but when was the last time you might have seen a sorrow and grief service? So it's perhaps the indirect message that we are to embrace joy, but avoid sorrow. But does this type of thinking mean we might be missing out on something that's vital to your Christian faith? What if we're supposed to embrace sorrow as well as joy? So now the Bible gives us, gives us examples of and, and permission to lament. So if you look at the Bible, you'll see people allowed themselves to be moved. Jesus wept. The psalmist cried out. The prophets lamented. One of those prophets, Jeremiah, and I'm sure most of you will know that he was known as the weeping prophet. He, he was a prophet who spent most of his life calling on God's people, uh, the nation Israel, to repent and to live the life they were called to live in relationship with God. But the people didn't listen, did they? And they were eventually captured by the Babylonians. Jeremiah saw his people with their freedom taken away, living outside of a relationship with God, and it broke his heart. So he was moved to write a whole book of laments about what he saw and how he felt. And here's a flavor of his book. So Lamentations 2 verse 11. My eyes fail from weeping. I am in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed. So Jeremiah, didn't, he didn't bottle up his feelings or maintain a stiff upper lip at the situation around him. Instead, he, he cried out to God. So lament isn't complicated. Lamenting is something, simply putting words to how we're feeling, to state the circumstances around us, and to be, to be honest and to bring our pain before God. There are many things in life that move us, many things that bring about feelings of despair and, and cause our hearts to ache. And there's plenty around us just now. War disaster, injustice, for example, bereavement. UK poverty, poverty here in Scotland, uh, should be a reason for us to lament. So recently, as we all absolutely know, we've been experiencing the highest rates of inflation for decades. And as we know, things are getting more and more difficult, especially for those living in poverty. Some information here. So the, the Food Foundation reported that 7 million adults missed meals in April 2022 due to rising costs. This is in the UK. Um, and according to the Joseph Roundtree Foundation, you may have heard of, at the end of 2021, 3.8 million people on the lowest incomes had fallen behind in paying bills. Now, this was before the, the cost of living crisis, before the energy crisis. And here at Christians Against Poverty we're hearing of horrendous circumstances when people call into our free phone debt help number. That's linked to the little piece of information that were on your seats. You'll, you take those away, by the way. But you'll see in each of those publications a, a number, a free phone number. And when people call in to CAP, we hear some horrendous uh, stories of the situation that they're facing. People without food, people without electricity. We've seen the demand for our emergency food and fuel scheme double in recent months. And some of that has been before winter has really started to bite. And here in Scotland, we have the highest levels of extreme fuel poverty in the UK. 
So right now across Scotland and right here in our community, right here, there are people living in the middle of very real poverty. Neighbours with empty cupboards, empty fridges, maybe empty stomachs. Cold, dark homes where every penny spent on gas and electricity causes real fear and concern. And since we started the Air Debt Centre, as I say, just two years ago, we've, we've encountered clients facing a wide range of, of situations. And on more than one occasion, I've gone into people's homes and it's in darkness. It's, it's daylight outside, it's darkness inside, the curtains are shut, blinds are shut. It's almost as if they're wanting to shut things off and, and not face up. Um, you know, people wanting to shut themselves off from the world. And I've had to ask when we go in, could, could you maybe just open uh, a curtain or put the light on? And hopefully that's a reflection too, that as, as we go into these people's houses, hopefully we're bringing them some light and some hope into their desperate situation. So it's, it's difficult to hear these statistics and stories, and even more difficult to know that these numbers, these numbers here are made up of lives and individuals made and loved by God. This is a reason for us to lament. At CAP, we want to stand alongside the church. We only work through the church. We want to stand alongside the church to lament with those living in poverty and facing ever worsening, the ever worsening cost of living crisis. But thankfully, it's not all doom and gloom. So God's purpose for lament is that it doesn't just leave us in that place of darkness. Because in the middle, right in the midst of lament, we find hope. Listen to Jeremiah's words in the middle of his lament. This is right at the heart of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 19 to 23, hopefully. (laughs) Next slide. Yeah. So right in the middle of Lamentations, listen to this. You'll recognize these words. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new ever, every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So in the middle of Jeremiah's lament for his country, he was confronted with the compassion, the love, and the hope of God. What a wonderful example of lament leading to new hope, to a new song. And at CAP, we have the privilege of, of partnering with local churches such as yourselves who meet to meet people in the middle of crisis, living in poverty. And as these churches journey with them, they bring the hope of God. So one of these people is a man named Sid. There he is, Sid. And Sid has kindly shared his story and his journey from lament to hope. So let's watch a short video about Sid. Looking back on it, it's actually quite frightening. And I'm not a guy that frightens easily, but that looking back on it, it is actually quite frightening that he got to that point. Um, my name's Sid, I'm 58 years old. In my younger life, I was well into sport, cricket, rugby, boxing. Um, used to get paid for playing cricket and rugby actually playing cricket with Ian Botham, Graham Hick, Tom Moody, virtually half the England side were at Worcester at that time. I seriously injured myself, which meant that my sporting career was 
not over, but it would never be professional as I wanted it to be. I actually had an accident at work and something fell on my head and they took me up and gave me an x-ray and this lovely little chap came through and he said, oh, we found something that's not there, not supposed to be there. And I went, oh, you mean a brain? And he said, no, you've got a tumour. And I said, no, 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 I'm indestructible, me, I don't get things like that. Can't happen to me. Brain tumour was operated on April 2015. Pretty much a year later, was diagnosed with Crohn's, which is a quite a nasty stomach disorder. Admitted to hospital, um, and just before I was admitted to hospital, my mother passed away, who I've been looking after for a few years, um, quite suddenly as well. It, it turned out I was suffering from a very severe depression because of what had been going on. And obviously during that time as well, I was getting into debt without actually knowing I was getting into debt. I was on some quite um, heavy duty medication and it just spiralled. So pretty much everybody you could owe money to, I owed money to. The nurse came into the room and she said, can I get you anything? I said, no, just shut the door and let me die. I'd had enough. The will, the will to fight it had just gone. after me in, in hospital and fixed the broken bits again and got me up and running and when I came out someone referred me or said to me if you've got problems give these people a ring and gave me a card and when I got home is when I made the, the phone call to Cap. I tried to collect everything that was relevant to what was going on so letters and bills and all the, the correspondence and everything was explained which puts you so much at ease because you actually for the first time know what's going on and then Andrew said to me I'll give you some it actually gave me a load of prepaid envelopes if anything comes send this off to cap and for the first time think crikey there's a way out of this you know it, it was like a, a weight being lifted off my shoulders. Brilliant. That's when Andrew dropped the bombshell. Did you fancy coming to church on Sunday, Sid? So I said, no, all right, no, no, yeah, no, no, that'd be nice. That'd be nice, come along. And I turned up knowing two people, Andrew and Chris. When I left, 20 plus people, see you next week, Sid, have a good week, see you next week, oh, I'm going. Crikey, it's a bit different, isn't it? They're all very nice. That was four years ago, but maybe a bit longer. Um, and apart from the times when I've been in hospital, I've not missed a Sunday. I see things totally differently now. 
my whole attitude is different now. I wake up every day and every day is now a lovely day. Without Cap, Gary, Andrew and Chris and the church, I actually would rather not think about where I would be now. Um, it really has made that much of a difference to my life. It's that sense of belonging and the sense of friendship. To me, it, it is priceless. So, so Sid's, Sid's story was a journey of lament to hope, a story which led to a new song in his life. The journey he's been on in many ways reflects our vision of why CAP exists. So at CAP, we have a, a threefold vision, as you have it on the screens now. So it's thriving churches, transformed lives, and an end to UK poverty. I'm just going to go through each of those, those briefly. So firstly, transformed lives. So we saw that in, in the video, didn't we? Sid's life was, was transformed from a place of hopelessness as he battled depression, physical illness, and debt to a place of hope. Uh, he now has a new song to sing, a future that's hopeful, and he's passing that hope on to others. Uh, what an example for us of how God changes lives and opens doors for us to reach out and help others. Now, if Sid's story um, resonates, his Sid's story of debt resonates with, with you and your own circumstances, then I, I would encourage you to, to not put off seeking help. And that's one of the things that we found within CAP, that clients that come on board have probably held off for at least a year before they've asked for help. So don't, don't delay if, if you are struggling. You can call CAP on that free phone number, 0800 328 0006. And we've seen, we've already seen transformed lives in the last couple of years through the Air Debt Centre, transformed by God. I've written this down here, David from Air, I didn't know he was going to be here today, but David is sitting with us here as an example. David uh, from, from Air here and a guy called Jimmy from Troon, um, they were both supported through the, the debt help process. And they were both subsequently invited up to a fundraising dinner we had in Edinburgh last year for CAP. And if you'd have been there, you'd have heard both men talk about their experiences, talk very powerfully about their, their transformational stories as, as CAP clients to a large audience. So do get a chance to speak to David afterwards. He has a really good story to tell. So there's David and there's Jimmy. Um, and then we've also got Another example would be Gail, um, a lady from Dumellington, who um, has a brilliant story to tell of how through CAP she was helped not only to become debt-free, and she is debt-free, but also to be welcomed into a church family, a church community. Um, she joined an Alpha course that Sarah ran um, at the church, and that's ultimately led to her coming to faith uh, and then being baptized. She was baptized last September in front of family members, which was brilliant. So transform lives, and we've seen it happening here uh, through the Air Debt Centre. And then the second of those three kind of parts of the vision is thriving churches. So Sid, thinking about the video, Sid was helped by, by a thriving local church. His church, like, like yours, like 
Southside, Riverside and Seagate, they'd partnered with CAP and they ran a debt centre, which is helping those being pulled under by the rising tide of debt. So CAP at their headquarters, the head office is down in Bradford in Yorkshire. So down there they have a a strong team of expert and accredited debt advisors. Um, So they work with the creditors, they deal with all the the folks that uh, people owe money to. And they provide ongoing budgets, advice to clients if required over the phone. And while that's happening, then in the local scene, we have the debt centre manager. So I'm the debt centre manager for the Air Debt Centre. And the befriending team, the people, the volunteers, um, visiting clients in their homes, usually at a moment of crisis, to journey alongside them on what is often a long road out of debt. And beyond the debt help, there's other services that CAP runs, and other churches have latched onto that. So Seagate Church in Troon, they run life skills, and they run a job club, tools provided through CAP, and that's about supporting those in low incomes or helping people back into work. Now, we've also at the Air Debt Centre here, we've been, we're progressing currently with plans to run an educational money management course called CAP Money, which I think some of you here in Southside will have had experience of in the past. And it's all about helping people learn vital life skills about basic budgeting and money management to try and prevent them ultimately from falling into that misery of unmanageable debt. So there are many ways that God calls us to reach out, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. A thriving church as people ready to answer the call. Thinking back to the video with the cat befriender Chris, debt centre manager Andrew, they were just two of the people from that church, what became Sid's church, who were committed to reaching out to those most in need, helping them to find their new song of hope. And we're doing that too here in South Ayrshire through the Air Debt Centre, thanks to the financial support from those three churches, including yourselves, and a team of willing befrienders. And there's five or six befrienders from this church here, supporting myself and the other two debt coaches. So Phil is one of the other two debt coaches here. And then we've got Laura up at Seagate Church in Troon. So thriving churches. And then thirdly, an end to UK poverty. So, so Sid's story provides hope that UK poverty can end, albeit maybe one life and one home at a time, but it also reminds us there's, there's more, much more to be done. Now, if we look at the life and example of Jesus, we see not only his deep compassion and care for those in the margins, for the ones that society forgot, the ones that are kept in poverty, but his manifesto, should we say, call it a manifesto, his manifesto was for a better world, Um, the ushering in of the kingdom of God, where prisoners are set free, where tables are overturned, the last are first, and and something better, something more beautiful is possible for everyone, where everyone has the opportunity to flourish. So at CAP, we want to see a world where people are free from poverty. We know the devastating effects that poverty has on millions of households across our nation. And we want to do something about that for all those people. One of the driving forces in all of our work is not just seeing the big numbers, but the ones, the individual lives like Sid, uh, turning around and coming to a life that's flourishing. We're passionate about bringing about a place where destitution and poverty don't exist. A place where people, where more people currently living in poverty can find their song of hope. Your church 
thankfully, um, is already a key part of this. But if you want as individuals to be kept up to date um, with the way God is working among the poorest in the UK through the work of CAP, then, then we'd like to help you with that. We'd like to keep in touch. So after the service, come to the stand just on the way out. And I've got a form um, which you can fill in if you're interested in being kept up to date about the work of CAP and they'll send you information, etc. But you may also be interested in, in giving to CAP and supporting the work financially. We call these people life changers and there's over 30,000 of them across the UK who are given regularly to the work of CAP. Um, if that's you, if you're keen to actually financially give to the work of CAP, then also come and speak to us at the stand. And it'd be the same form, but it'd be a bit more to fill in. Um, anyone who fills in that, oh, excuse me, anyone who fills that in to become a, a life changer, we're going to give them a free copy of this book today. So I've got num- a number of copies of that. The book's called Nevertheless. Some folks may have read it. Some folks may be familiar with it. It's written by the founder, John Kirby, of CAP. So it's the story of CAP. So if you're keen to become a life changer, uh, we'll give you a, a copy of the book. But just to be clear, our heart is for the local church. So, so only consider becoming a life changer and giving money to CAP above your church given. Don't substitute it for what you're already given to this church here. And my own personal story is a wee bit linked into this book. I was given this book after a meeting that we had at Riverside when we were starting to pull together thoughts about uh, the debt centre here. As I said, it's written by the founder, John Kirby. It's, it's a tremendous story about CAP from the start and how God used ordinary people to do the extraordinary. And I, I really wrestled with this book, more so than other books I've read. I found parts of it disturbing. But God, I guess, was really working in my heart. And a few months, a few months later, I put my hand forward to become uh, volunteer to become the debt center manager. So it's a really powerful book, um, and we have some copies for those who want to sign up. And so, in conclusion, um, we lament about the things we see around us just now. We, we speak up, and we want to speak out about them. But we do it with a, a deep sense of hope on the promises that God has given us for something better for us all. So let's just close in prayer and, and, and then we'll hand back to the worship group. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the opportunity to come together in your name and as we bring the power of collective prayer before you to lament to those, for those suffering through the rising cost of living. Uh, we ask for strength through the testing times ahead and that we might keep our eyes open to those who are struggling in our communities, uh, moving our hearts into action to do your will. We ask that those who, who follow Jesus will bring about your kingdom through acts of love and compassion and that the church will be bold and empowered to bring the endless love of Jesus to those in need. We pray that those tormented by doubt and worry may be guided by your light to courageously step forward and find the solutions to their problems and to begin their journey from lament to hope. In Jesus' name, amen.